Hello, people. This week, you might hear that my voice is a little different because I've just switched to my new Samsung Q9U mic, which is hopefully a better experience. It's got a little muffler on it, which dampens the P's and T's, basically acts as a really good pop filter. I've had a bunch of pop filters in the past. They always feel a little bit useless because they still let through some pops. And this uses a proper muffler, so it doesn't do that. Okay, and here's me from the Blue Yeti mic, which I used to use. And you can see when I say P's and P's, uh, it tends to have a little bit of pop. A little, little audio engineering for you there. But anyway, this week we're going into some of our creator's backlog. For those who might be wondering, you know, I cover tech stuff, I cover business stuff. Why do I cover creator stuff? Because it usually is much smaller in terms of the potential revenue and it's not as technically interesting. I still think it's important basically because it is the first MVP stage of being a founder or business owner. And you have to always work on your distribution as an indie creator and the people who do it for a living or who do it at a very high level are always sharing their secrets. And if, the, if there's anything I learned from them, it's, it's to learn, it's to borrow their skills and talents and ideas and to bring it into the business context where I'm working. So uh, we're going to learn from creators. Uh, this one is an unusual one because I really didn't really know of her. I, I think I saw her dance video. But this is Karen X. Cheng on the James Bashira podcast. And I would highly encourage you to check out two of her videos that he talked about in the show notes, as well as the Instagram learnings that she's talking about. So I just got to see how news headlines started spreading. I was like, this is so interesting. And um, I'm going to try to make a viral video on purpose next because that one was by accident. And so uh, uh, a year later, I had been like working on learning how to dance and I made a video of me learning how to dance over the course of a year. And this time I tried to make it go viral. I was like, let me get the headline right. Let me like find a bunch of random reporters emails and cold email them and see if they want to write about it. Let me try to get it uploaded on Reddit. I did all those things. And okay, tell, viral. tell me way more about that chunk that it, it's like the 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 version of the video or the of the movie and the story that gets condensed into the um what is the term when it's like fast forward through the gym for oh like months. the montage that's the montage but i want much yeah. more, much more detail in that montage of what you just mentioned that sounds like that's where the real meat of the story <laughs> is okay so you you got reporters names and, and email addresses tell me everything that you did yes purposely so at created. this time i had no idea really how to make a viral video except for the fact that i had done it once already by accident and so i was like let me just think throw everything i can think of at the wall and see what sticks and so a lot of things didn't work and then some things did work so for example like i just tried every platform that was so this was 10 years ago this is since 2013 so um I tried Twitter, I tried YouTube, I tried Reddit, and I tried press. And at that time, at that moment in time, this is no longer true, but at that moment in time, it turned out that the most effective things were reporters, emailing reporters, and Reddit. Um, mm. Fast forward 10 years, Reddit still works, emailing reporters does not. How come? And what changed? Um, emailing reporters doesn't work because Facebook destroyed all those reporters' jobs and videos no longer spread through... Uh, it used to be that videos went viral because reporters would write write about them. They would embed those YouTube videos in their articles and then that would like push the video up on the YouTube algorithm. 
And so all you needed to do 10 years ago was to come up with a unique video idea with a good headline. And if you could do that, and if you could email, you could just cold email 300 reporters. If you could get like a few of them to write about you, then that video has a good chance of going viral. You can really like manufacture virality that way. Now it's 10 years later, video is a thousand times more competitive than it was then. You can't just make something great and send it to some people, to the right people and hope that it goes viral. It doesn't work that way. It's so much more competitive today. Today, you kind of need to build a following. You can't really do it from zero like you could back then. Um, Reddit still works, but it's difficult to get things upvoted on Reddit. Basically, if you can get something upvoted on Reddit, then that will get you like some social proof and you can get other other pages to repost it. Okay, so my refrain for this, my common refrain for this conversation is going to be, tell me more. So with, with <laughs> all of this stuff that you know, like the back of your hand for listeners and for myself that that wouldn't know how to make content go viral from really a, from scratch at all. Yeah. When you post to, when someone is, is posting to Reddit, how, what do they choose within Reddit? If that still does work today right. and it's you from 10 years ago today. It does still work today, today, but it's not my main technique. Okay. So um, it does still work, but I don't do it too much because there's more effective things you can do okay. to grow depending on what platform it is. Okay, well, more on the tactics um, after this, after your chronology of, then you create, which I loved that video, by the way. Loved that video. Thank of you. How to learn to dance in a year, right? Was the mm -hmm. general. Yes. And was that the, the headline you chose as well? And uh, right, so the headline was a big part of it. So I think the headline was a big reason why that video was successful. So the headline was, girl learns to dance in a year. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think I could have given it a more artistic name, like Journey of Dance or, you know, something more artistic. But um, someone told me, no, you need to write this like, uh, like, oh, did you see that video of that girl who learned how to dance in a year? Mm. You know, like, a, how would a headline look like? What would, how would you describe this to a friend? You need to write your headline like that. No one's going to describe your video as like, did you see her Journey of Dance? Mm. Right? right. And so that was my first big lesson. And so I think the, the main thing that I did right for that video was I got the headline right. And that's really how it helped to spread. Did you choose dance premeditatedly? Did you say, okay, that's the thing that I'm going to I actually just fun. wanted to dance. I wanted to learn how to dance separately. And uh, I was recording myself. And on day four, I was like recording myself uh, because I was just able to see myself better than in the mirror. I was able to like kind of critique my, my, my technique better if I could record myself. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if anyone has ever like made a, a montage video of them learning how to dance. And because um, I had seen like weight loss montages before on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And so I was sort of inspired by that. And then I looked up someone learning to dance in a year. Like I Googled it, learning to dance in a year. And I found nothing. And I was like, okay, if no one's done it, then I'm interested in doing it. Because if someone else has done it before, I'm like less interested in doing it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start the clock now. And I really hope no one else has had this idea in the last year because then they'll come out with it before I get to. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to start the clock now. And then for that whole year, it was very motivating for me knowing that I had this video coming out. So it really motivated me to practice a lot more than I would have otherwise. That is a good, that's a nice uh, extra motivation and extra benefit. You learn to dance and you get to experiment mm -hmm. with this production into, re into virality. 
okay, so you make that video and then what is, and it goes viral. Did it, it was it as viral as you wanted it to? It was far you, more viral than I expected. Far more viral than I expected. I did not think it would go viral because I don't know. I just didn't think it would. Um, I thought maybe it'd be cool if it got like 10,000 or 30,000 views. Um, I remember going to bed and it was at 80,000 views. And then I woke up the next morning and it was at a million. And it was just like, like this huge shock to me. Nothing had like this had really happened before. It was very, it was, you know, to this day, I think it was the biggest adrenaline rush I've ever had in my life. And that is a very addicting and dangerous feeling that many video creators get on, hooked on. Wow. Do you feel like you were hooked from then on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was. It's, um, you know, it was, uh, it was very validating. I think, you know, I always wanted to think I was special. You know, I think like a lot of when you're growing up, when you're starting to become your own, trying to figure out your own identity, everyone wants to believe that they're special. And I was like, I really... I want to know that I'm special. And um, when that video went viral, I was like, I am special, damn it. It was like, it was like that validation that I didn't even know I needed. Um, and that can be, that's, that can be a dangerous feeling. When you say that, what goes through your mind of, I imagine there's a lot that goes into you saying think, that can be a dangerous um, feeling. It, 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 what goes up must come down. So um, no one can chase views forever. Um, you know, as much as you, you see a lot of my things going viral, well, you don't actually see all my stuff that doesn't go viral, kind of by design, you know? So like by design, you only really see my most successful pieces. You don't see all the ones that don't do well. I think it's like, it's really easy to get hooked on this, addictive feeling of validation from the internet it's such a rush and such a high and then you can find yourself chasing that but you can't really control it mm. um and it's not a healthy thing to chase um ultimately and so you know really i've been doing this for 10 years and uh the highs and lows affect me a lot less now um because over the 10 last 10 years i just i have learned many coping mechanisms and strategies to sort of like even and out. But I know, I know a lot of content creators, video creators for whom like this viral addiction has really like wrecked their mental health. Hmm. Okay. Well, we're certainly going to touch on that in our conversation today. If you're open to it, mm -hmm. do you mind rounding out the, just the chronology of, of getting to where you are today and and i still feel like it's at the foothills of some pretty great things that you're, <laughs> you're destined to accomplish but do you mind yeah. rounding out that that chronology sure i made uh the dance video and then i was like i'm gonna do a startup based on this dance video did the startup the startup failed then i made another video that was called donut selfie donut selfie and um to my surprise, uh, Beats by Dre saw it and they wanted to run it as their global holiday campaign. So they made their version with a bunch of celebrities and then they put me in it. And that was the moment where I was like, maybe I could do this for a living. Um, 
So then I changed careers and started doing it for a living. And for three or four years was basically just doing like startup launch videos in the Bay Area, like product launch videos for startups. And I branded myself as the person who could make things go viral, which was rather stressful. And after a few <laughs> years, could no longer do it because, you know, the Facebook algorithm changed on me. So I was like, okay, I can no longer brand myself as the person who makes things go viral. So now I'm just like a video person, you know, just so I had, I kind of, I had an, I had a agency. I had some employees. I found that to be extremely stressful. I have massive respect for founders because they can tolerate about a thousand X the amount of stress that I can. And, um, so, uh, that didn't work out for me because I think it was going to literally make me insane if I continued on that path. What about um, it? What was, what, when you say stressful, yeah, what about it? Having employees, having, okay, financial dependence I expected, but emotional dependence, I didn't. Oh, I didn't see that one you're coming. telling me. And man, I am really not equipped to have emotional dependence. Especially, um, especially the, the people that you financially can afford on the, the cheap then require the most emotional support right on the other side. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like uh -huh. never-ending chief psychology officer. I really did not expect how hard that would be. And it was so hard that I couldn't handle it. I thought like I can rise to any challenge. Well, I couldn't rise to that one. And I'm actually happy that I didn't try harder. I'm really happy that I like stopped going that path because that, you know, I could have really forced it. It wasn't the right path for me. Um, and I just sort of like took a step back and I decided like, you know, this is maybe my career has peaked and I'm going to make peace with it. So I made peace with it. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just, you know, things are probably not going to be as shiny and exciting for me anymore. And that is okay. Um, and then I was like, well, maybe I can grow on Instagram because I really felt like I'd missed this Instagram boat. At the time, I didn't have any Instagram followers at all. But I had saw that there were some creators who were doing really cool brand work on Instagram. So I was like, let me give it a try. This was in 2019. So then I started trying to grow my Instagram. It was very, very hard. I was kind of shocked by how hard it was. But then like experiment after experiment, I got better at figuring out how to grow. Fast forward two years later, I'm at a million followers, which I never expected or even had a goal for. My goal was like, let me hit like 20,000, let me hit 50,000 followers and then I'll be set. Um, but I sort of like figured out how to do it and then just repeated that formula until I got to a million. Now that I'm a million followers, I'm no longer trying to grow my followers anymore because I, I really don't feel like it's healthy to run on that treadmill forever. Mm. Okay, so tell me more about this to getting to a million and, and more about how hard it was to grow it you're saying that it was unexpectedly really hard and mm -hmm. started only in 2019 i was very late to instagram okay walk me through i want the long form 10 right. minute 15 minute answer to this but <laughs> how how did you grow it and and what were you seeing were you like why why is this so yeah. unexpectedly hard um instagram is notoriously hard to grow on um, that was more true. It is less true in the last few months last year because of some changes they've made. But up until last year, it was notoriously the one of the hardest platforms to grow on because your stuff could not go viral inside Instagram because there was no share button on Instagram. So on other platforms on Facebook and YouTube, things can go viral. People reshare your content. And so that's how you can grow your followers on Instagram where there's no share button, how are people supposed to even discover you? So it, it was like, there was an, 
gravitational force pushing the, like an uh, algorithmic gravitational force pushing your stuff downwards where it wouldn't be dispersed to people outside of people who are all already following you. That's why it's so hard to grow on Instagram. The way I figured out how to grow on Instagram, I realized what you have to do is you have to um, figure out what your niche is. So you, one, you have to you have to make content about something specific so people know that that's what they follow your page for. It can't really be your personal life unless you're like a celebrity. So pick, figure out what your niche is, whatever that is. And then there needs to be a community of people who are interested in that niche on Instagram. So for example, photography, filmmaking, fashion, watercolor, like there's communities for all these things and many more. So then I found there are pages in the filmmaking community, that's my niche, that kind of aggregate lots of other creators. So there's like filmmakers, filmmakers, indie filmmakers, behind the scene gram. There's all these like Instagram pages that are basically just finding other Instagram creators and they post content for all of them. What you do is you, you make a video that performs really well and that's important because you don't want to send them your stuff that doesn't perform well. Send them your stuff that performs well and then kind of form a relationship with them and then figure out how to slide into their DMs or email them. Email is preferred because they get fewer emails than DMs and see if they're willing to like repost your content. And then when they repost your content, really important is to get them to tag you in the first line of the caption. If they tag you down lower, that thing might get tons of views. You will not get very many follows from it. So I figured this all out just through trial and error. Um, that is my, to this day, my favorite and I think most effective way to grow on Instagram. In the last year, it has gotten easier because they do have reels now. So it's not true that things can't go viral on Instagram anymore. They can go viral on Instagram. Uh -huh. If you use reels and only reels inside Instagram that can go viral. Um, the reason why I don't like that as much is because it is increasingly hard to get a reels to go viral because it's gotten more crowded. And two, the reels algorithm is not very good yet. Like TikTok's algorithm is much smarter in serving your content to the right people. The reels algorithm is a little dumber. And so it doesn't figure out like, oh, it needs to send this content out to filmmakers. It sort of just like sends it out to everyone. So I don't like it quite as much. And also I find that the followers you get from that are less high quality and less engaged than if you are getting reposted on a community page that is your niche who will be engaged because they're actually interested in your specific niche. I left in the Instagram section at the end because it's one of the harder platforms to grow on. But it's really interesting to me that the advice that she gives is basically kind of the same that I give to people trying to get started on Twitter for the first time. And Twitter is something I've naturally taken to without really thinking about it very much, which doesn't make me a very good advisor. But I think all these strategies are correct and that you do have to grind for a little bit and figure out your niche because people aren't necessarily interested in you. They're interested in you insofar as you can help them.